Welcome to It's In My Queue, the podcast where we talk about TV pilots. I'm Kara. And I'm Adina. And today we're talking about Atlanta. Oh my goodness, I feel like low-key, my theater degree prepared me to talk about this show. Yeah, I was like, we could be talking about this in theater and culture too. Yeah, for real. Yeah. I also knew very little about Atlanta uh, before doing the research a little bit for this episode and watching it. I feel like I like I've heard of it, obviously. I feel like you have to be living under a rock to have not heard <laughs> of Atlanta and all the people involved in it. The first two seasons got like a lot of critical acclaim. So Atlanta was created by and conceived by Donald Glover, who uh, we, I'm sure we all know by many different names and for different reasons. He is a writer, actor, rapper. So John, Donald Glover's done like every job. As I was like reading up about the show, it just like the people that interview him are always like, or, and, like, people that know him, they're just kind of like, oh, well, Donald Glover will, like, see someone do something and be like, oh, I can do that, too. And then he'll go do it. Wow. So. That power. Yeah, for real. <laughs> he has some also yeah. some very interesting quotes that I found. One in particular that I like was, I tell stories because that's the best way of spreading information. It makes sense. I feel like we go to stories for we go to stories sometimes to learn things about like something that we might not have known about, like a different perspective, which I feel like is kind of what we get from Atlanta at the time when it came out, which is fairly recently, only a few years ago. It's like, there was nothing like that on TV specifically with Mm -hmm. black people, Mm -hmm. um, which I think is another reason it got so big. So yeah. Uh, Atlanta, created by Donald Glover, also Childish Gambino. My dad once asked me, he was like, uh, I think in like 2014, he turned to me where it was like a music video was on. Um, and he turned to me and he goes, you know, Childish Gambino really looks like Donald Glover. (laughs) And then I looked at him, I was like, it's cause it is Donald Glover. (laughs) Oh man. So basically... The premise of Atlanta is that um, this guy, Ernest, or Earn, as his nickname is, he has dropped out of Princeton, and he is kind of, like, broke and has no sort of forward motion, and he just kind of goes and to his cousin, who has just put out this mixtape, and it got, like, it's gotten like really good response. And so he's like, let me be your manager. And so then they navigate Atlanta's rap scene together. Um, The FX began developing this show in 2013. Uh, The pilot was ordered to series in 2014. um, And it aired, I think in 2016. So basically, if you ask me, um, FX kind of went out on a limb with this show. This was a, I feel like this was a risk. 
But it's also kind of funny because Donald Glover has said that he like Trojan horsed FX because <laughs> he basically said to them the premise was Ern and Al work together to make it in the rough in- music industry. Al got famous for shooting someone and now he's trying to deal with fame and I'll have a new song for him every week. Darius will be the funny one and the gang's going to be all together. So they, that is what it is, but not necessarily as clear cut as that. It's described on the Wikipedia page as a surreal comedy, which uh, makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, we're also going to get into some some uh, learning about surrealism in a bit. This is one of those shows where I feel like you could watch it and like just surface level enjoy it, but there's so much other stuff underneath it mm-hmm. that I feel like if once you like take a step back and you're like, huh, it's so like artistic. Yeah. <laughs> Which is super fun because I feel like I lo- I sl- slightly mentioned this before, but that's like not something Black people get to do that mm-hmm. often, um, especially on like network television. Yeah. So I, again, as I said, like I feel like FX really went out on a limb and kind of took a risk with this. Um, but I think that's why it's so cool and that's why it's done so well. Mm-hmm. Some other cool things about the show. It is a series that has an all-Black writing staff, which is pretty much unheard of for, like, most television. Um, so that's pretty cool. It's, the, it's also a fairly small staff as well. So it's Glover himself, his brother Stephen, um, and then some people from his, like, music career label. So uh, Fam, Udiorgi, Ibra Ake, Jamal Alori. And then two other people, we have Taufik Kolade and Stephanie Robinson. <laughs> Time for my fun fact. So um, there's actually two people that work on What We Do in the Shadows, which we talked about last week, who are also a part of Atlanta. So Paul Sims, who's one of the executive producers, uh, as well as Stephanie Robinson, they both worked on What We Do in the Shadows. Um, Paul Sims isn't a writer for Atlanta, as, as I just said, it's an all-black staff and he's a white man. But uh, they're both writers for What We Do in the Shadows. So I thought that was really cool and fun, yeah. so especially since we just talked about those. Yeah, and because you texted me, you guys don't know this, Kara texted me about Stephanie Robinson a few days ago after we recorded What We Do in the Shadows. And then I was looking on the Wikipedia page just because I was curious about Atlanta. And I was like, ah, oh, our friend Stephanie Robinson. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, she, she's not our friend, but... <laughs> well, uh, we I think she's like cool to now. Think, yeah, we we consider her a friend from afar. She might not consider us friends. No, not at all. She has no clue who we are. <laughs> Someday. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, from what I've read about her, she seems awesome. Mm. Would love to meet her. I The only reason I texted Adina was because I got excited because I found out she's a Black woman. Is she like, the only woman on the writing staff for Atlanta? Or She is. Okay. That's yeah. also, yeah. Mm-hmm. The other executive producers that I did not mention, so besides Glover and Paul Sims, are Diane McGunigal, Stephen Glover, um, his brother again, and Hiro Murai, who also directed the pilot episode. Some other interesting things that um, Glover and some of the other writers and people on the show had to say that I want to mention before we get into it a little bit. Glover once described the show as Twin Peaks, but with rappers. So I guess kind of in, in, as a nod to that surrealism that it takes. Um, he also said 
the thesis with this show was to show people what it's like to be black and you can't write that down. You have to feel it. I want people to feel scared because that's what it feels like to be black. Another quote from one of the writers, Jamal Alori, it says, the media has portrayed black people in a certain way. And if you think about a black person, it's immediately scary or one stereotype, but we're all different. And I kind of love, I, that's one of the things that uh, I feel like is nice about Atlanta is it's just like, well, I've only seen the first episode, but the thing that I liked about it, it's like these, just these black people kind of existing. I feel like you don't, like there are some more shows, we're starting to see more shows like that where it's like just about them being people and maybe like, of course, like sometimes you will kind of divulge into certain specific topics that maybe have to do with an experience that a black person would go through, but it's not super on the nose. It's just like kind of there and presented to you, which we'll talk about later. The so the series is starring Donald Glover, Brian Tyree Henry, uh, Lakeith Stanfield, and Zazie Beetz. Um, th- that's the main ca- that's the main cast. They're all it, those names are also familiar to us. I feel like they're all so booked and busy that uh, the show has had two seasons and they got renewed for season three and four. But because of I think particularly Donald Glover's schedule, but then everyone else's because yeah. they're all in a bunch of other things. They initially said that they weren't going to get a third season until 2020. They weren't going to get to filming and production for the third season. So it wasn't going to air till 2021. But now they, because of COVID, (laughs) they've had to push back production. So so it's like kind of. Yeah. And it's like season three and four. It also got renewed for a fourth season. And like the plan has changed a lot, but it's gotten way pushed back. Yeah. So it's interesting. They're going to have like a long gap between the first two and the last two. But I'm intrigued for see what what comes from it yeah um they also have gotten a lot of it's gotten like a lot of uh awards and like nominations for things it won a golden globe for best television series musical or comedy um donald glover won a golden globe for best actor musical or comedy he also won an emmy for outstanding leading actor in a comedy series and he won an outstanding an Emmy Outstanding Directing for a Comedy Series, um, and I think he was the first African-American to win this. Yeah. Brian Tyree Henry and Zazie Beetz have also both been nominated in the Supporting Actor-Actress categories. Yeah, it's the show. It's gotten lots of acclaim and different awards, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like we can get started. I will maybe put in some of my other... I feel like I didn't find too many fun facts for this one, as much as research about surrealism but i'll put in i'll put in some fun (laughs) things as we as we go along yeah all right so on to the episode season one episode one it is titled the big bang and it is written by donald glover Mm -hmm. um so we start out where it looks kind of looks like we're outside in a parking lot like outside Mm -hmm. of something we can't tell because we're like the camera's in the car but some so we're in someone's car we don't know whose and someone outside of the car knocks the side mirror off which upsets that upsets this man we don't know his name yet and he's like are you serious man and he gets out of the car and you hear his companion so you hear the person in the passenger seat shout alfred and kind of like rush out of the car and so um you see these three men all like rush 
to the people that knock down the mirror off of the car. And it kind of looks like they're about to get into an altercation. And you also hear someone in the distance shout, World Star, because like, you know, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> yeah, because he goes, World Star. And then Donald Glover is like, no, don't put us on there. <laughs> I feel like the scene was kind of wild because it's like, this is a really good, I feel like it was a good way to kind of bring us into the world as it kind of starts. Yeah. It's like so much happening at once. Once I had to watch it like three or four times. Yeah. to kind of like make sure I caught everything. So basically yeah. they're having this fight and um, Alfred, who is the guy whose car it was, is like, you owe me money for this mirror. You're going to give me some cash. And then they're like arguing and all of a sudden their friend, who's very clearly very high, stops them. He interrupts them. He's like, yo, hold up. Hold on, man. I'm getting crazy deja vu right now okay, where's the dog with the Texas on him? Um, and it, like, the camera pans to this dog that's just sitting there, and they all kind of look at the dog, and then they look to your, their friend, and then the guy that knocked the mirror off is like, yo, what's your man on? Because that made no sense. And <laughs> yeah. then they go back to arguing, and the woman who is with the man that knocked the mirror off is like, just get another mirror. You're paper boy. You're rich. Um, so this is how we learn Alfred is Paperboy, who we don't really know who that is yet. Um, but he's got like this mixtape, um, that the man who knocked off the mirror says is bad. Um, and mm -hmm. so they get into more of a fight about that. And then Alfred pulls a gun on the guy. He's like not having it. He's like upset. And then you hear again from in the distance, this is definitely going on World Star. <laughs> <laughs> Donald Glover's oh like, no, it's not. And he's trying, so like, it's, it's weird because um, Donald Glover's character, who we still, we don't know his name yet, he's still trying to defuse the situation, but then he pulls out his own gun and, and then everyone's like, what is going on? And then the guy who knocked down the mirror also has a gun. So it's yeah. like, everything's crazy. So like, Al, Alfred puts his gun to the guy's chest and you, it cuts back to the dog and their high friend who's just like, this is so weird, man. Like, mostly in reference <laughs> to the dog. Um, then you see Donald Glover sees the dog and he's looking at it and he's like, wait. Um, and you, you've clearly, I have just absolutely no clue why he's like, what, yeah. what does this mean? We're, we're unclear, it's unclear to us, the viewers. Um, and so then the camera goes up so it's like an aerial shot and you you just see from above you hear the gunfire and it's blackout and that's the end of the cold open and that was a lot that was like all in two minutes yeah <laughs> it's so much it's so overwhelming I was like am I supposed to understand what's going on because I don't yeah it it does a really good job of just throwing you right in yeah yeah I, I don't even know it was just so I was so like I feel like when I watched this show, I had absolutely no idea what to expect. So I really didn't expect this, to be yeah. perfectly honest. For the cold open. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot. Mm -hmm. um, so it basically throws you right in. And as after the cold open ends, you get some aerial shots of Atlanta. Yeah. And the title, the title appears over the shots. So like... Mm -hmm you get some nice shots of some really, so like some very nice houses. And then there's some 
um, mixed in with a few rundown ones, like a good shot of the highway, um, some basketball courts, all that sort of thing. And then it goes to a ceiling fan and it cuts back to Donald Glover, whose name we still don't know. So I'm just <laughs> going to call him Donald Glover until they mention his name. Yeah, I had that uh, in my notes too. <laughs> yeah, it was really annoying because I write out people's names. It was so annoying yeah. to write out Donald Glover every time. I just, I just wrote DG. <laughs> so he's in his bed and he's listening to, the, to a rap song um, with his headphones on. And all of a sudden, an arm reaches over and just, like, hits him in the face. And so it pans to uh, a woman in bed with him. And she's, like, half asleep still. And she pulls at his headphones and is like, why are you up? And he says, I wrote this down because it was so bizarre. <laughs> he says, I had a weird dream. When he I said was... that, like, when he said, I had a weird dream, I thought that meant the cold open was his dream. And oh, he just woke yeah. up. But then he goes on to describe his dream, and it's totally different. So Yeah, I also <laughs> did briefly think that, and I was like, oh, that explains the weirdness yeah. of that. <laughs> but but it's it a totally different weird dream. <laughs> yeah. So he says, I had a weird dream. I was swimming in this pool, but it was like the ocean. And I was swimming with the seaweed, but it wasn't seaweed. It was like hands. And I was swimming with this girl, and she was saying, if the hands grab you, they pull you down and drown you. So swim above them. And then... Her response is, that's deep. And, <laughs> and he start, he's about to launch into this whole thing where he's like, I think it's about how society, and then she interrupts him again and is like, so who's the girl? <laughs> um, and they're, they're kind of joking with each other about it, about how like the girl's not important um, and yeah. that sort of thing. I feel like that's just kind of a moment to establish what their, what their relationship is like without actually using words to be like this is what yeah. we are to each other because it's also pretty clear that they don't super know what they are to each other yeah I, I wrote down like familiarity and teasing each other mm -hmm. there's the thing about like oh who's the girl but then there's also the thing where she's like I have morning breath don't kiss me and then they like you know they get into a whole thing about that yeah and it's like it shows you that they definitely know each other very well but it, it's, yeah, like you said, it's unclear about exactly what their relationship is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so they're like making out a little bit and she's like, tell me you love me. And he laughs <laughs> and she doesn't really like, she doesn't appreciate that. Um, so they get into a little bit more of an argument that this one isn't as playful this time. She gets out of bed and she goes into the bathroom and starts doing her hair. Um, and he gets up. And then that's, that's how we learn that they have a daughter together. Her name is Lottie. She's awake. Um, she was very cute. Yes, cute little baby. Very cute. Uh, so then this is another moment of them kind of like establishing what's going on with them. This is the moment where it's very, made very clear that they are not really together. Mm. Um, it's like they've got this kid, but that's kind of, they, they like seem very on and off. Mm. um sort of thing so basically she says to him you remember you have Lottie tonight right and he's like yeah yeah I remember but he mounts to the baby he did not <laughs> yeah I love that <laughs> she's basically just telling him a bunch of things like don't just let her stay at your parents house she lives here um and then she also says if you're going to be staying here I need your help with rent um so we learn that he's not necessarily living anywhere right now 
uh, he says he'll get it to her, that sort of thing. She's like, okay, well, I'll be back at 11. Um, and she initially said that she had parent-teacher conferences. And he was like, what, what parent-teacher conferences is going that late, you know, basically? And she's like, I have a date. And you can tell that kind of, like, rubs him the wrong way. He doesn't yeah. super. So it's like, even though they're kind of clearly in an on and off thing, it still like bothers him yeah and I just want to say like kind of in retrospect by the end of the episode I'm like I get why she might be frustrated with him because he's not always around and like maybe not always being there for his daughter but he she's sending him really mixed signals yeah she's kissing him in bed and saying tell me you love me and then a second later she says I have a date and she's like I need you to contribute to rent by tonight she has one day's notice to pull the money together (laughs) I'm like that's Okay, like, I mean, I guess she's saying that because maybe she, like, knows him and has, like, a history that maybe he doesn't come through or something, but I was like, that, that is harsh. Yeah, we learned so much about her. She, like, isn't really in that much of the episode, but I feel like we learned a great deal about her. Yeah, it was really, like, efficient of how much they show through her limited scenes and also the way that, like, she interacts with Ern and that he talks about her. It really tells a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, basically, she says she's got this date. He talks to the baby about how about how he's like, mommy's got a date with some corny dude. Um, <laughs> and he's, like, jokingly like, this is not a good environment for you. <laughs> um, I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. Um, and then it cuts to the next scene, which takes place in an airport. So, basically, Ern's job... We're we're finally about to learn that his name is Ern. Yeah, um, finally. <laughs> my goodness. He uh, is, like, one of those people that I've never seen this, but he's, like, standing in the airport, like, trying to get people to sign up for this, like, airline credit card. Yeah. That gets you, like, travel points yeah. or something. And he, he and his work friend that he stands with clearly aren't very good at it. And the whole scene, they're kind of watching this... Um, older black woman who's very good at it um so so basically so this is where his co-worker kind of gets his attention and that's how we learn his name is Ern. he his co-worker is telling him about the club that he was at last night and he's like kind of zoned out he's like you want to come you want to come to the one we're going to tonight or whatever um and then Ern kind of out of the blue just says van's dating other people so that's how we get um his on and off girlfriend Mm -hmm. person's name Mm -hmm. through the vans dating other people and he kind of like word vomits a few of the things that he's worried about he's like he's worried she'll kick him out um he can't people he can't get people to sign up for the credit card because he's not a sweet old lady (laughs) um and then it cuts back to the sweet little old lady who's like signing someone up for a credit card and then this this guy like turns his back (laughs) and she like starts miming like humping him behind him him. yeah (laughs) and like making direct eye contact with Ern and the other guy and they're both just like wow Um, I think that was my favorite moment of the episode to be honest (laughs) it was so funny like it was so funny it was so funny because that was very she was very much like the stereotype of what you'd expect like a sweet black grandma slash auntie character to be and then she just wasn't okay so then his co-worker asks him about the paperboy mixtape and 
Uh, Ern is like, I don't know what that is. I don't keep up with music, that sort of thing. So um, he plays it for him, like the video, and Ern is looking at it, and he's like, that's my cousin. And the coworker thinks he means one of the girls in the video at first, and he's like, no, no. I mean, Paperboy is my cousin. Because, <laughs> uh, like, the coworker also says something funny about one of the girls. He's like, she's thick. And then he's like, yeah. oh, is that weird for you? Because that's your cousin. <laughs> he's like, no, that's not who I meant. And the coworker basically says to him, you better get in there before he gets signed. Because, like, apparently, like, maybe someone's got, like, a deal out on the table for him. Yeah, he but, said something about, like, seven million. Seven million, yeah. yeah. And then Ern is like, oh, money. And he just fully leaves the airport. Yeah. <laughs> he, he just, just walks away. Yeah, I was like, oh, I guess they really don't keep track of you at this job. So yeah, he heads off from the airport. I kind of loved the outfit that he has on this whole episode. He like, he's just got on his like, like a t-shirt and shorts. But it's just like, he's carrying a backpack around with him. It's yeah. like such a youthful thing. But then also a little bit of, like, since he's not really living anywhere thing, I kind of just assume yeah. it's got all his stuff in it. I I feel like I didn't clock it fully at first. I was like, oh, he's always got his backpack. That's quirky. And then there's a moment later on where he talks about how he's, like, kind of homeless. And I was like, oh, that's why he's always got his backpack. Yeah. Oh, no. But I, I did, like, the aesthetic of it was good, yeah. I feel like. It's very distinctive. Yeah. It worked so it worked super yeah. well because I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know, I feel like you don't always see adults with backpacks, like unless it's very clearly like yeah. someone like commuting to work, which he doesn't really. So I feel like that was that's why it kind of really stuck out to me that he had his little backpack on. Um, so Ern shows up to his parents' house and he's like he, he like goes to stand by the side door and his dad is standing in the doorway just kind of like looking at him and he's like hi dad he's like hey and they're like how are you good good and they're standing there super awkwardly and there's like a silence and Ern goes you gonna invite me in and his dad says no and he goes why not and his dad's like I can't afford it um because (laughs) it it seems like it this scene is funny because it very quickly establishes that Ern just kind of comes home when he needs something, which mm. I feel I've like seen a lot, which I think it's just, it's f- a funny kind of relatable thing. It's like, if you kind of like live near your parents, you're just gonna just kind of pop in every now and again and be like, Hey, I'm going to get this. I'm going to get this. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of liked that. Um, he basically, so he, says he's not there for money. He says he's wondering where Alfred is um, since he's looking for him. Um, and then he also asks if they can pick up Lottie from someone somewhere because he's getting a job and Van's got a date. And I love how his mom in the background is just like, oh, good for her um, about Van <laughs> going on a date. And Ernest's like, mom, what? <laughs> and then... Um, yeah. He learns from his dad that Alfred is at the Glenwood Apartments, um, and they really don't let him in. So he just yeah. kind of, like, goes on about the rest of his day. But also, can we talk about how they, like, call him out for leaving a poop in their toilet? <laughs> yes. Yes, we can. 
they're like oh you don't live here anymore but like i came home yesterday and found a giant shit in the toilet i forget exactly what he said yeah and then his mom comes in and is like i can tell you're not eating right like your poop didn't look right and then he and he's like did you go through it with a stick <laughs> i was just i love that it was like so clearly establishes his parents and his relationship with them and like i think all of our, all of us know some parents that are like that, that are just, yes. you know, they will tell you exactly what they think of you and of your shit. Oh my God. I love <laughs> his parents were so funny. They really, I, I really enjoyed them. I hope that they continue to be present in the show because they were some of the best characters. Yeah. I really, I liked them a lot. <laughs> so next we, we kind of hear the Paperboy mixtape playing like as he's like on his way to see Alfred. Um, and so we get to, Alfred's apartment and so he's like playing video games in his living room and we also see the ver- the guy who was super high in the beginning uh and so it's like clear that they live together um he's like in the kitchen he pulls out this milk and he comes into the he comes into the living room and he's like is this milk good because he like smells it and it smells mm-hmm. weird and he's like what are you going to use it f-? and alfred says what are you going to use it for and he's like to drink he said oh don't use it to drink um <laughs> that's relatable yeah that's it's a, like that's a conversation we have in my house <laughs> <laughs> it's also funny because it's like it's like just throw it out why do I mean, that's what I would do, but my mom is really big on using milk. There's, like, a period where if I think it smells off at all, I would not want to use it. Mm -hmm. But she's like, you could use it in, like, your tea, or you could use it if you need to cook, but don't drink it. My mom, my mom does that. My mom (laughs) does that as well. Well, I don't drink milk because I'm lactose intolerant, so I don't have this issue. I mean, like, sometimes my almond milk goes bad, but I'm pretty good about using it. Yeah. Milk discourse for this episode (laughs) of the podcast. So then uh, they hear a knock at the door um, and we assume it's Ern. And the way that they greet Ern is Alfred opens the door like, like a little bit. He's got the chain still on it. So it doesn't open all the way, but he just puts a gun out. And so basically Ern is just met with a gun and is like, what? And then he, um, Alfred sees who it is. He's like, oh, this is my cousin. He lets him in. Um, And then uh, he, he introduces the um the high guy i'm gonna i'm gonna keep calling that until we learn his name uh so he introduces uh him as darius and darius is holding a plate of cookies and a knife and and like standing as if he's gonna like stab someone but he doesn't so as alfred comes back in with urn and like he's like this is darius and urn is just just kind of like looks and sees darius and darius puts the knife down he wasn't even that startled which i think was the funny thing about it um and then Darius is like oh you want a cookie and Ern takes a cookie and they kind of go on about their business yep so Alfred immediately is like you want in on Paperboy and Ern is like what no and and Alfred's like I obviously I know what this is um don't act like that's not what you came for and um and then Darius kind of just sits in the background and he's like chewing on a cookie. <laughs> and so uh, Ern says, I don't want a handout. I want to manage you. And Alfred's like kind of skeptical of this whole thing. And he's like, he get, launches into this thing where he says, I need a Malcolm and you're more of a Martin in, in reference to like uh, Malcolm X and Martin Luther King. And he's like, and they killed him about 
about Martin Luther King. And Ern says, didn't they kill Malcolm too? And this is where Darius chimes in and says, no, no, they say that, but ain't nobody seen the body since the funeral. And then Ern pauses and is like, that's how funerals work. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I feel I want to take a pause now to talk mm. a little bit about some surrealism that I feel like we get with this character a little bit. So um, Darius, who we've met now, who I've been calling the high guy, is played by Lakeith Stanfield, who is in many things, as are all the other people. He is, he's in Get Out. He plays Andre, yeah. the guy that shouts, get out. He uncut gems. Saw yeah. that a few months ago. Yeah. Um, sorry to bother you. Knives out. Lots of things. Lots of things. Yeah. No, this entire cast is booked and busy. Oh, I also had a fun, a couple of fun facts about Brian Tyree Henry, who plays Alfred. He was in the original Broadway cast of Book of Mormon. Oh, mm-hmm. neat. And then I was like thinking about it, um, and I remember him from the Tonys performance. Yeah. Who did he play? Uh. Now I gotta Google. Please hold. <laughs> I still have all the things open, so I can just click on his Wikipedia. Uh, a gen- general. It. That's what it says. Uh, um. Uh. General, but fucking naked. That's the. That's the guy's uh, character's name. If I remember correctly. Yeah. It just says general on the Wikipedia page. Okay. I don't know. I don't know Book of Mormon like that well, but I like. I've do re- seen it once. But I do remember I'm him. Sure, the guy's name is General. <laughs> but fucking naked <laughs> that's funny um and another fun one he also voiced the dad in spider-man into the spider-verse oh yes cool. yeah that's a fun one i just wanted to bring those up those were fun to me anyway back to surrealism so here is our little lesson on surrealism that goes along with the show so um basically Surrealism is this cultural movement that started in Europe after World War I, which was largely influenced by Dada, which was an avant-garde art movement that kind of rejected logic reason, logic and reason and things like that, and also the aestheticism of modern capitalist society to express kind of like nonsense and irrationality and just like, it's like things that don't necessarily make much sense. It's kind of like anti-bourgeois protest. Um, So that's kind of where we got surrealism from. And surrealist works usually feature the element of surprise, unexpected juxtapositions, and non sequitur, which is very much just Darius's entire character, um, if you think about it. That's like something that's used in surreal humor. It's like these random moments that kind of seemingly have nothing to do with anything which I feel like Darius has a lot of like random one-liners where you're like what what the hell is he saying that sort of thing and Mm -hmm. I feel like I also think it's super well done in the fact that he's like such a stoner I think that really adds to it as well and I also think the fun thing about Darius's character just being perpetually high is that in a lot of media with black people, um, like specifically surrounding drugs, it's usually seen as like such a bad thing. And it's like, everyone's addicted or, you know, 
like running from the law and that's kind of the depiction of black people that you see in terms of any sort of drug in most media so i kind of i really like this that we've got this like dude that's just always high just just because that's the thing i kind of like the most about darius i also just love a character that says really random shit yeah (laughs) yeah he always i mean like that quote that you said from uh earlier about like darius is the funny one like i i feel like that's pretty clearly established in this pilot at least Mm -hmm. like he is every scene that he's in he says a weird non sequitur and it's like oh this guy's really high he's on another level (laughs) yeah just (laughs) all the time always and it's amusing it is funny Mm -hmm. yeah he he definitely made me laugh a lot in this first episode i was like the things he said like made no sense he goes so basically um where Ern is still talking to alfred about how he is like well he's saying to alfred well you're already a malcolm what you need is like a silent wild card, someone to play both sides. And Darius says, like Don Lemon. And that was also, I also thought that was kind of cool. Um, yeah. So basically they're like, Ern is like still trying to convince Alfred that he needs a manager. And then Darius is like, hey, it's 4.30. They missed 4.20. So they go outside to smoke. Wait, can I also mention the other joke I loved in that scene when mm-hmm. they're talking about, uh, uh Ern is like you need a manager and then Alfred says can I tell you like do you know where the word manager comes from and Alfred comes in with I mean Ern comes in with like the uh uh like oh it's from the Latin manus and Alfred just goes you know what that's probably right but for the purpose of my argument I'm gonna say something different and I was like yo power to him that's it was uh, and his version was better even if it's not true Mm mm-hmm so they go outside to smoke. They're sitting on this like couch in a field. It looks like across the street from their apartment or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're talking more about um, the whole thing. And uh, Ern declines the offer to smoke. And Darius and Alfred are both like, what? And Ern's like, I'm doing business. And Darius is like, you can't, some, what, what did he, he say? He says, I wrote it down. You okay, want to manage you. a rapper and you can't do business high. Yeah. Um, yeah. He was like, that doesn't make sense. And then Darius also says, VH1 is hiring interns. That sounds like a joke, but they tweeted it this morning. I liked that moment because he's like, oh, I'm trying to help. I'm trying to be helpful, yeah. but it's still not, it's like, it's like, it's like partially follows. It's not quite mm-hmm. a non sequitur. It's yeah. like a half sequitur. I feel like that was the most that was like the the thing that he said that had the most through line to something else. Yeah, <laughs> like the but it whole was still episode. <laughs> but you're still like, where did you get that from? Then Al Al asks about Princeton. Um, he's like, how's that year off going? Um, and that's how we learn that Ern left Princeton three years ago and just yeah. completely dropped out. Um, and I feel like this is also maybe the moment in the pilot where Ern seems to be the most bothered by someone saying something to him um it like he like seems really pissed off about it it's a prickly subject it really makes Mm -hmm. you wonder what on earth happened at princeton yeah and it gets alluded to a couple of times um like something dramatic happened but we don't find out what it is within this episode so i was like that sounds like a plot that's gonna come later on yeah i hope so (laughs) he also then says out loud that this is also the first moment where we hear for sure that Ern is homeless right now. He's hmm. like not living anywhere. This also has another good moment where he's like, oh, like yeah. 
where Erin is like, well, it's not like I'm using a rat for a phone. And Al is like, well, that's racist because um, I said you were homeless. That, that doesn't make you homeless. That makes you schizophrenic. And then Darius is like, well, what if, unless, it, unless using a rat for a phone worked? And he like goes off on this tangent about how New York City has so many rats that if ever we used rats for phones, that phones would be affordable and everyone would have one. I was like, that was the moment where I was like, before I was like, oh, Darius is high. But then I wrote down at this point, I wrote, he is on another level. He is thinking out this rat phone plan to its logical end. Yeah. And he's just going and no one's stopping him. Yeah, he like talks until things make sense, but only to him. Yeah. So, which I... He I just love cracked him. me up. I love him he's so, so much. He's so likable because he's mm-hmm. just like he's on his own level, but he's so genuine about every single thing he says. Yeah. And he just says he like also just says it with a straight face. He like yeah. super he like completely means everything. He like really thought he figured out the solution to affordable cell phones. Yeah. He says it with conviction. I love I love it so yeah. much. Um yeah, so Ern is like that made no sense, basically. Okay, so basically, Ern kind of, like, glosses over that, because he's, like, that's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> um, you just can't respond to that. <laughs> yeah, no. I. What would you say? You, you can't say anything. Yeah, you um, just move on. <laughs> so, Ern is like, well, if we do this properly, we'll be able to, like, provide for our, our kids, your kids, Al, Darius's kids, and Darius is like, I can't have kids. Oh. Um, and Ern is like, oh, I'm sure in time I will learn about that. Oh, yeah. And... Good. Darius is like, I don't, when's an appropriate time to bring up that my balls got smashed or something like that? And he's like, and Ern is like, oh, apparently now I'm learning about it now. Al is still really resistant to the idea of trusting Ern at all. And Ern is like, listen, you're not white. You're not very young. You don't sell sex. Um, You need someone's help. And Al is like, I sell sex. (laughs) Play track 28. And track 28 is um, where we got a reference to this earlier. And I was like, what, the, what is mucking? And we yeah. learned that mucking is a mashup of massage and fucking, and it makes no sense. And so now I'm low-key on the side of the guy who knocked the mirror off, because what is that? Yeah. But it's like, not, it's not good. I can't, <laughs> I kind it's... of agree with him there. It's got maybe some potential, but the version of Track 28 that we heard him perform is not quite on the level of Paperboy. No. (laughs) Not not yet, anyway. (laughs) Also, Track 28, so Ern is like, you gotta cut some of that. Yeah. (laughs) And he's like, Ern is like giving him a bunch of like reasonable tips and that sort of thing. And Al's like not hearing him. He's like, it's like he doesn't want to work with him. Ern is like, I know people, I can get you help. I can like really help you out. And Al gets upset because he's saying that he hasn't heard from Ern since his mom's funeral. And the first, basically the first thing he says to him is let's get rich together. Um, and which is valid. I would say that was when he said that line, that was like a, that line hit hard because up until then, like he hadn't been super warm to Ern. Like you got the sense they maybe didn't like each other, but that's when we, the audience learn that like, oh, Ern has kind of been a jerk to him, actually. Yeah. Like, has not been super great, and he is coming out of nowhere and making these kind of demands. And also, I wrote down something else that, that Alfred said. He said, you act like you're saving me, but really it's me who's saving you. Yeah. Um, and I was like, that's a 
that's a fair point you, mm-hmm. you know um you should call him out on that so yeah so that that reveal I was like okay now it really makes sense why he does not want to work with him yeah so after that moment it kind of I would say that's that's like the end of act one yeah so next up we see Earn in this parking lot of what we later learn is like a radio station he walks up mm-hmm. to this like random white man who's like getting out of his car and like they know each other we didn't get his name right now but we do learn his name is dave and so dave is absolutely like this this character of dave like the white guy that is like oh well i have this one black friend so i can say the n-word that is exactly what dave is he like thinks he's he thinks he's hood like there, like, there are so many white people like this that it's not even funny. So it was, like, super well done. And that's, I think, the thing that I was talking about earlier where I was, like, this is, like, a show about Black people just kind of existing that doesn't, like, hit you too hard on the... It's, like, right this, like, moment here with Dave, the the white guy that thinks he's hood, and he just so isn't. I think the show did a really good job of, like, presenting him in a way that's just like how it would be if this they were just like you guys they were just interacting like normally there wouldn't necessarily be this like big moment of like a blowout or anything between them it just kind of happens and it and he lets it happen so I feel like that it was played very well and like written yeah and also because of the way it comes back throughout the episode multiple times yeah um, as we'll get to that was just a really good way of like exposing not his character so basically um he's saying that um so dave says he didn't know that Ern was back in town he would have told him to come to this party that they had last night because he needed a better dj than the dj that the dj that they hired because he played some flow rider and that upset him so he like and then he presumably used the n-word to this man that was DJing and Ern is like you really said that he's like yeah he's like yeah like as if it was like no big thing so then Ern just kind of go Ern kind of makes this face like huh but then just kind of launches into what he went to ask for anyway because he doesn't Mm -hmm. he's like he needs this thing so like also if he made a big thing of it he probably wouldn't have gotten his way so he's like so have you heard of Paperboy and uh, I just kept calling him the white man at this point in my notes because he yeah, didn't have a name yet. He didn't have a name yet. Um, so he's like, yeah, that shit's tight. The streets love it. And I was like, who do you think you are? The streets. <laughs> I was like, this makes, I was like, what God. What streets are you on, sir? <laughs> I was like, I was like, I can't stand this guy. But that's yeah. like, it's so, so well written. Yeah. And then Ern is basically like, you should play it. And um, he's like, well, I don't pick the music. KP does. And he's like, but you can slide it past KP. And he's like, um, yeah, but yeah, for $500. And Earn, Earn, who we know has no money, is yeah. like, um, I don't have money. And he's like, well, why don't you just introduce me? And he's like, no. He's like, I yeah. can't just introduce pe- everyone with a mixtape to my boss basically which is valid 
Yeah, but I think Earn is more like, but you just said you like the song. So yeah. it's like, you know that I've got something that you yeah. want. Uh, so it was yeah, a whole it's thing. Like valid, but also this guy, this white guy is being really unnecessarily condescending about it. And then mm-hmm. he gets all like fake sweet and he's like, you don't want to be involved in the music business anyway. Like, it's just, it's a gross business. Like, you'll find something else. And like, yeah. Yeah. Um, so then. Um, I also love how in the background, as he's walking away, you see him, like, re- really deliberately stop these other Black people and, like, fist bump them as he before he's, like, going inside. And then Ern stops to talk to a man wheeling a dumpster. He, he asks if, he asks the guy if he's ever heard the white man that just left him ever say the N-word around him. And he's like, no. He basically is like, he's like, I'd beat his ass which valid and then but then he asks Ern asks how late he's working because he's like trying to figure out another way he's like trying to figure something out we don't super know what's up yet but he's like yeah clearly got a plan um so we go back to Ern's parents house um, and Al and Darius drive up in their car and Lottie's out on the lawn and um Al is like saying hello and Ern's mom does not let him come say hi to Lottie because she's like, she's got a contact high from here. Oh, yeah. And he's like, no, that's the leather on my car. On my car. It's, it's not. What? Um, it's weed. And then Darius says something yes. very obviously high right after that. <laughs> yes. And Darius, like, introduces himself to Ern's dad and is like, we haven't met, but would it be all right if I measure your tree or something <laughs> like that? why he just wants to measure the tree and Ern's father's face is like he's like no not right now and um that really upsets Darius is Darius is like not right now just means no yeah and he's like defeated so then basically Al came over to talk to Ern's dad saying that Ern came to him saying he wants to manage him and he's like I don't trust him and this conversation that they're having is intercut with Ern clearly going through with his plan that we see him forming in the parking lot of the radio studio, of the radio station. So <laughs> you see like Ern digging through this shoebox, this Jordan shoebox he has. He like pulls out a wad of cash and you see him going back to the radio station as they kind of talk about Princeton. And Al's like, do you know what happened at Princeton? And Ern is like, he would have, Ern's dad is like, well, he would have told you before he told me, like, Ern's dad didn't want to ask. Yeah. So it's clearly something Yeah, and of it's some gravity. That he hasn't told anybody at all. Mm-hmm. If he hasn't told his dad or his cousin, then it's like, something really bad must have happened. Uh, and now I'm wondering what it is. Yeah, so the janitor who he met in the parking lot lets him in to the studio. And we see the guy from earlier who had said he was filling in for someone later, like, in the booth. Um, and he kind of like waves at him and the guy's like, what are you doing? Basically. But he just takes the money and Al's mixtape and slides it under Kyle P's door. And just kind of. <laughs> I thought the white guy's name was Kyle because I wasn't paying close attention. And then I saw it on the door. So I, in my notes, I have like Kyle did this. <laughs> <laughs> when did they call him Dave? Uh, at the end. Okay. I just, I didn't catch that. Yeah, no, he, 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 he doesn't have a name yet. So I would just have been calling him white guy until, (laughs) 
until he um until we hear his name mm-hmm. um so he slides under kp's door and this is all happening as Ern's dad says something like Ern's trying like the rest of us but when he wants to do something he does it on his own ter- on his terms yeah so it's like that was good yeah it's like that showing. was like cut over him like sliding it under the door right it was yeah very, very powerful it was it's a good moment so then it cuts to Ern and he's on the bus and Lottie's in his arms and she's asleep and they've both got on little headphones. And then something very strange happens. And this is where the episode got really odd. As in like <laughs> there had already been some odd things that happened, but this just took the cake. So um, this man is on the bus and I wrote in my notes, I assume he's high, but I didn't I didn't yeah. know what was up with him. It was unclear. Like, to me, I honestly, he, he was just so strange in his vibe. Like, I almost thought Ern was dreaming him again or, like, he wasn't real. Yeah. He was just so, he seemed, like, not to belong to this world. Oh, for sure. For sure. And I also wrote down magical realism, question mark. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good, that's a good yeah. thing to note. So, basically, this man on the bus, he's, like, sitting across from Ern, and he's, like yo, your mind is racing. And then he gets up from his spot and comes to sit next to Ern and is basically like, tell me about it. And so Ern starts to talk and he's not looking at this man. And I wrote down what Ern says. He says, I just keep losing. I mean, are some people just supposed to lose for balance in the universe? Like, are there some people on earth who are supposed to be here just to make it easier for the winners? And as... Ern is saying all of this. The man takes out of his jacket um, a jar of Nutella and some two pieces of bread and starts spreading the Nutella on the bread and making a sandwich. So he's like fully just making a sandwich on the bus. I don't know how... This is also why I was like, what, what the fuck's going on? Because I don't know about like massachusetts public transportation but you're not allowed to eat on the bus in maryland Wait, is that like a is that a real rule you're like you're not supposed to eat on the bus <laughs> i don't i'm not sure if it's like a rule here but like most people wouldn't because that's a little bit weird and gross yeah like, like i wouldn't want to eat on the bus it's like people i have seen people eat on the bus but like it's a thing it like says i wouldn't make a sandwich on the bus yeah, no. i might have a sandwich i already made at the most yeah, I was like, I, I'll, like, drink my coffee on the bus. Yeah. I haven't been on the bus in months, but... Well, yeah, especially now I'm not going to eat on the bus. No, I'm not going to get on the bus. absolutely not. <laughs> no. Then the man, as he's finishing making his sandwich... Also, I low-key did not see him pull out the bread. So yeah, I was, it was like, like, I saw where the did jar. it come from? Because, like, you very bread. clearly see him take out the Nutella but I yeah. never saw him take out the bread, so that really freaked me out. Yeah, um, I was like, does he have a whole package of bread? Did he just have loose slices in his pocket? <laughs> that reminds that actually reminds me of a thing from Insecure this past season, where yeah. I'm just, this isn't really a spoiler, it's just a funny moment, where there's, so Issa has this little assistant that she um, is doing, like, stuff with, and she, uh, the assistant had some waffles just some loose waffles in her purse. And she like offers Issa one because she's on like a high gluten diet, as she says. And she offers Issa one and Issa takes it and she's like, oh, it's still warm. And she's like, yeah, I've got hand warmers in here. And it was very, 
Okay. Also, who's on a high gluten diet? That's I don't know that I've ever heard of that. It was it was very it was funny. <laughs> it was a good joke. Anyway, that was my insecure tangent. Watch Insecure. We'll talk about that at some oh, point. Yeah. Anyway, so back to this man making the Nutella sandwich on the bus. Um, in response to Ern's thing about um, some people on Earth being like just the winners and that sort of thing, he says um, resistance is a symptom of the way things are, not the way things necessarily should be. Actual victory belongs to things that simply do not see failure. Let the path push you like a broken branch in a river's current. And then, like, Ern contemplates this, and he's like, nah, nah, I'm not going out like that, but thanks for the advice. So then the man offers him the sandwich and says, bite this sandwich. And Ern's like, no, I don't, I don't want the sandwich. And then he, like, threatens him, like, again, it's like, if you don't bite this sandwich. And then you hear sirens outside, and the bus is still moving at this point. So, like, because I, I, like, as I watch, I watched this whole thing twice because I felt like I missed things. So I watched it again this morning. Um, and so the bus does not stop. You hear the sirens, Ern turns his head as like the sirens go by. He turns back and the man is gone. And just the Nutella open on the seat is there. Yeah. And he looks out of the bus and we see the man like walking into the woods. And yep. also with the dog, from the cold open at the beginning went which is then that made me go oh that's why he went wait and we were like why is he saying that yeah because when he initially said that in the cold open I thought I missed something and I was so I had to like watch it a bunch I mean technically we did miss something we hadn't seen the rest of the episode yet (laughs) it's true yeah I was like ah it's the dog it's the same dog oh my gosh it was I was freaking out I have I have no clue what this guy meant, and I feel like I tried to make too much sense of it. Yeah, I think it's it's like right on the border of like something that almost makes sense and sounds really philosophical, but it also really doesn't. And it I sounds guess like that's part of the point of surrealism is like it's not meant to be something that you can understand. Yeah, it sounds like something that someone in a college philosophy class would make up to sound smart. I feel like, yeah, I feel like I know people that would have tried to say something like this in class and I would have rolled my eyes at them. Like, you're not saying anything. Shut up. But also like kind of like Darius. I mean, this guy has a different demeanor than Darius, but he says it with such such conviction Mm -hmm. that you're like, even though these words don't make sense to me, like, I feel like I'm missing something because you're saying it like it's so true. Yeah. And I also think the other thing about this guy is unlike Darius, Darius very much felt rooted in the action in reality, even though he's high all the time. This guy, yeah, like honestly, this guy was actually rather unsettling. Yeah, it was like I got almost like the magicians or like Phantom Tollbooth vibes from him. He felt like he's from another world a yeah. little bit. Like I kind of wonder, just not quite. Yeah, of our world. I think you said this, but I kind of wonder if he yeah. just it only exists in Ern's mind. I I feel like Ern's got a really active imagination. Yeah, I mean, his dream with the seaweed and the hands, that was pretty creepy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I kind of wonder, I want to see what happens with, I kind of want this man to come back, even though he scared me a little bit. So then he's gone, and then Ern, like, looks looks off in the distance out the window. Then he pulls out his phone, 
uh, and he starts to text Van. He says, I love you. Can we talk tonight? And he like hesitates before he presses send. And then he never gets to send it because Al calls him and he picks up. And in the background, you can hear Paperboy on the radio because it worked. Um, so he got the song on the radio and he's like, so Al tells Ern to come through basically. And so this is bringing us back to the beginning that happened with the cold open. So Ern gets in the car. Um, we're in the parking lot from the beginning. Uh, Al and Darius are hotboxing the car. They're having a good time listening to, they're hearing Paperboy on the radio. And this is where we learn that that guy's name is Dave. So hmm. the white guy from earlier finally has a name now. He comes oh, back. Yeah. He comes up to the car and uh, he asks Ern, hey, how'd you get in the building? And Ern's like, oh, I know people. Um, he's like, that was kind of unprofessional. KP is pissed. And Ern is like, well, the song's still playing. <laughs> so yeah. it doesn't super matter to him, he feels like. Um, and then he introduces uh, Dave, the white guy, to Al and Darius. And he's like, oh, tell them this really funny Florida story. As if he's, like, kind of setting Dave up for failure here. And he, like, tells the story again, but this time does not add the N-word onto the end of it. Mm. So Darius and Darius and Al are kind of looking like, okay. Because um, it wasn't a good story to begin with. Uh, yeah. It was never a good no. story. But... <laughs> Um, so, but it really falls flat now because there's nothing to be outraged about. Um, yeah. And then Darius goes, I don't really mind Flo Rida. Moms need to enjoy rap too. <gasps> I mean. Uh, yeah, I guess if they want to. And then Dave is like, yeah, it was a whack-ass story. I don't know why he told me to tell it. Um, <laughs> and it's a whole thing. And so then Dave kind of leaves. And then we end up back at the beginning. So um, Al shouts out the car that to someone walking by that this is his song that person does not that woman does not care that was upsetting mm -hmm. to him for a second he's like ah, forget about it um and so they're sitting there and then the man comes back around from the beginning and kicks his side mirror down and he gets really pissed mm -hmm. off you see him reach over into the glove compartment and uh Ern tries to stop al and he says don't mess with the money this is like a hit he has he, like good things are about yeah. to happen and if a shooting happens then it's like you what it what was the point of all of this in the first place so al as we know this already happened so al gets out of the car and um Ern is kind of shouting after him he opens the glove compartment and sees that there's another gun and so that's why i was wondering to myself at the beginning of the episode I also then had, this is why you have to watch things again, because I did not notice that Ern had a gun when I first watched it. Yeah. And so then I watched again. Yeah, I didn't notice it either. And that's, so, so he, like, takes the other gun that um, Al mm -hmm. had in his car out. And then, basically, we're right back to the beginning again, and that is the end of the act as um, Ern is getting out of the car. And then we get a little tag on at the end. So uh, Ern is not back from wherever. And his mom is at Van's place watching the baby. And uh, Van comes in and Ern's mom is like, Lottie's in her crib. Ern had some business. You're out of wine. And Van, looks at, her, <laughs> and Van looks at her as she's going and it's like, the bottle? 
because presumably she drank it. And so then Van kind of calls after her, thank you, and closes the door. Uh Um, She's like in her little date outfit. It's a cute romper. Kind of wanted it. Um, (laughs) And so then the news is playing in the background as she's like kind of taking off her shoes, um, kind of like getting herself situated for the night. And then you hear a story. There's like a live, live breaking story that a shooting occurred um, and the two su- two suspects, Paperboy and Ernest Marks, are in custody, and it like shows two pictures of them. It, I thought that the picture that they chose for um, Ern, which I just assume is like Donald Glover's high school yearbook oh. photo, was really funny. Um, oh, I don't remember it. I'll have to go back and look. Yeah, it just looks like it looks like what your like senior portrait in your high school yearbook photo um I was like oh that's the picture they chose it was kind of funny next to um next to paperboy like like a still from the music video (laughs) yeah um and so van is looking at the tv and she goes idiot and then the episode ends yeah what an episode it was wild yeah Uh I feel like there's so much like to think about Mm -hmm. from this pilot this is like out of the ones we've discussed so far this one is the one that like leaves the most for you to think about I mean like it also like it clearly hooks you in that you want to keep watching because I'm like they just they got taken into custody for the shooting like what the hell's gonna happen Uh it's like kind of a cliffhanger but then there's also all the surrealism and also the way that it starts at the end and then it comes back like there's so much to think about I don't know I think the first, there are a couple of moments when I was watching this where I went, oh, and one of them, the first one was after the weird thing on the bus where the dog from the beginning showed up and I was like, that dog, still don't get it, but with, I, but it came back, I went, oh, and then the, when Ern goes to meet them in the parking lot, that was the other Mm -hmm. moment I went, oh, because it finally, it all tied back together because I feel like that's what I was waiting for. The moment where it, yeah. like, I got some, like, threads pieced together, I feel like. Yeah. Um, so I feel like a question that I have is, mm. so when I was doing my, like, reading about what the show is and that sort of thing, and the fact that it is kind of surreal, I feel like the thing we always ask to ourselves, especially with things we haven't seen is like, what do we think is going to happen throughout the season? And I feel like that's a lot harder to answer with this, particularly because mm-hmm. besides like the them dealing with the fallout of the shooting and like Earn becoming Al's manager, I feel like there wasn't much of a setup for some other sort of conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you, instead of like asking the broader, what things do you think are going to happen in season one? What do we think is going to be like a recurring thing? Um, that's a good question. I mean, also, like, I think, I mean, not only for this show specifically, because this, this one is very different than a lot of the other shows that we've talked about so far, but also, like, just talking about, like, half-hour comedies versus dramas as well, because dramas are more about, like, the plot of what is going to happen. Yeah. How will the characters grow and change, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and comedies, you know, even comedies that have more continuity and forward progress, they still have some level of, like, status quo and recurring. Yeah elements like you were talking about so that's a good question I don't know that I know enough to say what's going to be recurring like I this maybe feels like a cop-out answer also because uh full disclosure I technically did watch I 
think most of season one of Atlanta a couple of years ago, but I don't remember most of it. To me, I feel like the recurring thing is going to be not only the surrealism, but I feel like it's it's going to be recurring that every episode is a little different. Mm-hmm. Like I'm getting the sense that it's not going to follow one same plot structure format yeah. style the way that a lot of sitcoms or generally half hour comedies do. Yeah, I feel like it's going to be more free and exploratory and it's vibe um but they've made that very clear from the first episode they're they're not leading you to believe this is going to be the same as every half hour network sitcom yeah and then springing it on you they're making it very obvious from the first two minutes of the episode like you're gonna have to watch this more carefully you're gonna give be given some things that might not make sense at first and then do with it what you want Mm -hmm. and yeah i agree with that and i think that I think that it is enjoyable even if you aren't necessarily watching it more carefully because I feel like if you just wanted to watch this casually, you'd still have some fun with it. It's very funny. Yeah, it is. It is a lot of fun. I I kind of assume that that weird, I kind of assume slash hope that that weird man is going to show up again, but maybe in some sort of different form. Like not necessarily, like maybe I kind of want there to be always some sort of like weird man character you know what you know like it doesn't necessarily have to be that exact man but like moments where urn is like maybe struggling with something and then he has like a weird in his head thought because that's what that felt like yeah i liked what you said about like him having an active imagination and maybe some of these surreal elements being things that come from his brain to some extent Mm -hmm. whether it's him maybe not fully imagining something but like projecting a layer of surrealism on top of something that really happens to him yeah um also because can i ask kind of what you think about something so the whole like it starts and ends with the same scene in the in the first version in the cold open we hear darius talk about deja vu and that seems very confusing and weird and out of the blue at first yeah and then when we get to the end Uh, There's two levels of the deja vu. There's deja vu for us, the audience, because we're seeing the scene for the second time, literally. Mm -hmm. But there's also deja vu for Ern, because he saw the dog earlier, which we now know, and he recognizes the dog. But my question is, like, Darius is the one who talks about deja vu, and we have no reason to understand why he would be experiencing deja vu. So, like, what do you think about that? (laughs) I don't know. I just kind of assumed he's just really high. Um, Yeah. I guess, but it's like, it's funny because the deja vu has those two other mm-hmm. levels to it. But for him, it's just like, <laughs> oh my God, he's I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I didn't really think about that at all. Huh. Maybe it was because I was also experiencing deja vu because I had already seen this episode a long time ago. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so it was literal deja vu. I have already seen it. Yeah. I definitely didn't get like, the first time I watched it, I guess I just wasn't paying close enough attention to understand that whole, like, through line with the dog and the coming back to it. But this time I was like, whoa. This was, um, yeah, this was a super interesting pilot. I feel like very different from all the other things we've watched. Very different from a lot of other stuff that's on TV, mm-hmm. which I think works super well in their favor. Um, so I'm definitely interested in continuing to watch it. Also, fun update. We both were like, oh, we'll continue what we do in the shadows. Did you finish it? I did. I feel like I need to rewatch it, honestly, because that show is also super dense. Like, it's it's more, like, lighthearted and comedy. It's not, 
like surreal, but it is very dense with the jokes. And I feel like I missed a lot of jokes, honestly. Mm -hmm. So I should go back at some point. I'm still on season one, but the moral of the story is we kept watching. Um, I will for sure be, (laughs) I will for sure be continuing to watch this. If I had to pick a favorite character right now, I would pick Darius. Yeah, I like Darius and I liked uh, Ern's parents a lot. Yeah, they're really funny. Um, Yeah, I hope we get to see more of them because they had, they also had some good one-liners. So yeah. Um, Any last thoughts? Uh, I don't know. I just, I would say I'm like really intrigued to see where it goes because, uh, you know, as we've said already, it's very different. And like, I think now when I do continue to watch it again, I'm going to have to you know, sometimes when I watch TV, I'm doing other things mm-hmm. like I'm writing or I'm playing a game or something. I think this is a show that I probably should focus my full attention on. Yeah, for sure. It's very detailed. Yeah, I definitely, it's, it's it. like definitely like blink, you might miss it sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I love how all the TV we've picked so far, we're like, oh, we would watch more of this. But then again, yeah, it'll be interesting when we get to something bad for the first time. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what if not, what if one of us doesn't want to watch anymore? Yeah. Um, so that'll be fun. I wonder when that's yeah. going to happen. Cause honestly, I, I mean, feel like I keep watching the type a lot of to give, stuff. Yeah. We both give a lot of shows a chance. Like mm-hmm. honestly, there's very few shows that after one episode, I feel like I'm definitely not interested. Yeah. Usually it's like, if it doesn't get good after two or three, then I maybe give it up. Yeah, I agree. I've, I've given things multiple seasons before I said, mm, yeah, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. thanks for listening we want to hear from you now if you have any thoughts about the Atlanta pilot you'd like to share with us or suggestions for shows we should watch you can email us at itsinmyqpod at gmail.com and in case you want to prepare for the next episode discussion with us the next pilot we will be watching is Orphan Black so go ahead and watch or rewatch that first episode so that you'll be ready for our thoughts on it next week if you liked what you heard please rate review subscribe and tell your friends to listen you can also follow us on twitter at in my pod or on our personal twitters i am at adina terrific and i'm at kara underscore powell thanks for listening and we hope we've helped you clear out your queue